0: Uh, the first thing I want to get to, it's going to be a big day on the 24th of May because not only will you have the local elections, not only will you have the elections for the European MEPs, but you'll also have a referendum on divorce. So you have a lot to think about between now and then. But one man who's put his hat in the ring, so to speak, uh, for the Midwest of the country is Peter Casey, former presidential uh, election candidate. And he joins us here in the studio.
1: Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, now, Peter, firstly, why did you want to do this? Uh, well, for the same reason that I... Stood for the presidency. I believe that um, my mother kept saying, you're here to make a difference, son. You know, that's... Mm. But you so. did. You
0: were successful in business. You made a
1: difference. Uh, you know, I've, I've got a little bit to go yet now before I retire. So I've got a few things to do before we, we close down.
0: But is it... Not, <laughs> well, from a financial point of view, is it not a bit of a calm down? I mean, here you are. Look, you're a, there's no doubt about it. You're a multimillionaire, okay? You've been very successful in business, you know, in a recruiting company that basically recruits some of the top-end employees in the world. Mm-hmm. And you've, you have everything you wanted, and now you are it's a kind of a come down to be earning, what, 120 grand a year? And, you know what I mean, I mean, is that not a bit of a come down?
1: Uh, I'm not doing it for the money now. No, I'm, and I believe that I can make a difference. Uh, I'm very passionate about rural Ireland. As you know, I set up the company in Donegal 23 mm-hmm. years ago. So, you know, I, I think that um, there's a lot of things that we need to talk about in rural Ireland. There's a lot of debates that, that we should have. And they're all being closed down by political correctness, quite frankly. You okay, know? so you're getting so, tired of hearing that. Yeah, it, you know, it's the same same old... Every time you say something, that you get accused of being either a racist or, you know, you're not... Politically politically well,
0: during the election, the presidential election, of course, we were accused of being uh, discriminating against travellers, and I won't go into this too much, and I'm sure oh, you're well, tired of that conversation. Yeah. But it, <laughs> it said on your Twitter account that the nomination papers have been handed in. My campaign trail for Europe has officially begun across the Midlands, uh, Northwest. I want to empower communities and give a voice to locals in Europe. So how do you plan to represent the people of the Midwest? I give them a voice.
1: Well, there are are probably four, five issues, five issues really. I think that are really important in rural Ireland. One, of course, is uh, infrastructure and jobs. You know, we really have to really work hard to make sure there is good infrastructure in parts of rural Ireland, uh, such as like Galway and down in uh, Tuam. And there's some places where there is good infrastructure but there's a lot of places where there just is not possible to do business in because there isn't the the broadband and the infrastructure there and Physically getting there. Healthcare is another major issue. Uh, housing.
0: How do you ch- but how do you uh, how do you change the healthcare system? You've got numerous problems in the healthcare system. You've got well, you've got waiting lists as long mm-hmm. as your arms. and well, Helena was there with her mother last week and you know spent nearly twenty four hours or whatever it was in A and E. Not that it was the doctors and nurses' fault, but yeah. it's the whole administration system. And then you've also got the cost factor involved for you know, if I get sick, you know, can mm-hmm. I afford to go to a doctor or do I just put up with it? Well that's
1: you know, I mean I, I had an ear infection when it was up in the I go there at the weekend and I went down and I couldn't even get an appointment. They said, the, the nurse can see you uh, the day after tomorrow, you know. I mean, it's... Yeah, you, you've got a plan to be sick now. You this. almost have a plan to be sick. You know, I'm thinking of breaking my leg on Wednesday. Can
0: I come and see you? Yeah.
1: No, but I, I, I then went up to Derry and just got straight in. You know, so if they can do it in Derry, why can't we do it in Buncrana and why can't we do it in Moville? You know, so they're, we, they, they seem to have... So how, how would you structure a change to the
0: healthcare system? I mean, currently I mentioned yesterday we've got a three tier -tier Mm -hmm. system. I mean, you've got those, I suppose, who have private health care. Yeah. I'm not saying they don't have to worry because they end up usually in public hospitals anyway uh, and not in private hospitals. You've got those in the middle who can't afford to go to a GP or can't afford to bring their kids to a GP unless they're under six years of age, under 12, mm-hmm. uh, according to the minister, by 2022. And you've got those who are on medical card who don't have to pay anything. Right. So how do you fix that system to make it a fairer system? Because I talked about this briefly yesterday.
1: Yeah, you have to avoid uh, the system being abused. So I think you have to have a flat charge, perhaps 10 or 15 euros per mm-hmm. You were listening to my just show so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> but, but if you don't have a flat charge and it's totally free, then, I mean, you'll... You'll gonna have kids with snotty noses in waiting ex- rooms. Exactly. So you need to have a flat charge. But I think €15, Euros, for example, would probably be about right. And that would stop people from going in, just as you say.
0: So, so are, you, are you saying... Similar to what I suggested yesterday, we should mm-hmm. abolish the medical card system. Yes. And everybody just pays a flat fee to go in to see a doctor or go to visit the hospital A&E, which at the moment is about 100 quid. So everybody just pays that flat fee so that would avoid people not being able to afford to go to a doctor.
1: I think that's the, certainly that's a discussion that needs to be had. Do you think had. we can afford
0: it? Because, I mean, in the UK, of course, they have free healthcare. You can go to a GP or a dentist for free. Yeah, you know. we couldn't afford. I don't think we could afford free health.
1: Well, if you look at the, the wastage that we have had in government, you know, the children's health care would pay for the whole. You know, there's one and a half billion we just lost there. The broadband program, there... That's another way That's of another... I mean, he, the Taoiseach turned around and said that it's going to be many multiples of... Uh, he doesn't know how exactly how much extra it's going to cost, but it's going to be many multiples of the original estimate. I mean, it's ridiculous. They're talking, you say so it, it could be five to seven billion, you know, and we're going to be putting fibre optic cables in the ground that in five years' time we'll be wondering, why did we spend all that money? We should have gone straight to 5G. Okay, you talked about the other issues as well. Mm-hmm. You've mentioned two already, which is
0: obviously the rural infrastructure and obviously healthcare. I'm assuming housing is one of your issues because it's an issue that affects everybody, or is
1: that on your list? Oh no <laughs> <laughs> well with housing there's um there's two approaches to it. The first one is, you know, we, we have people turning down houses uh, you know, just because they want to be closer to their mother or because, you know, you shouldn't be allowed to turn down a house. If, if you're being offered a free house, then you shouldn't turn Are down a house. Are you saying
0: beggars can't be choosers?
1: No, I'm saying you should be appreciative. If people, if you're being offered a free home, then I think you should say, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And you should accept it, you know, and now. That's the short Now, you, people
0: are going to have a goage and say, well, nobody gets a free home. But mm-hmm. what I, I'm assuming you're suggesting is one that is, is, is subvented by the state. Correct. Yes, that's... All oh, right, okay. So, so, you know, and, so, many, and many of those people would be on welfare payments, which have been given by the state. So essentially, I suppose it is free in some sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, we Apparently, there's 3,800 houses at the moment unoccupied around Ireland. You know, so... Um, and that's, that's astonishing. That, that considering you we've know, got a lot of people on a waiting list. But then on, there's, there's a long-term uh, situation and... In America there was a thing called the GI bill and when the returning servicemen were coming home after the war the government gave them a lo- interest-free loan 50% as long as they invested in a new home and it was the biggest stimulus in the history of the American economy and it created a huge demand for building new homes and if we can create that a program similar to that that would but it would have to be new homes in Rural areas with infrastructure. So the government essentially it. becomes the bank, is what you are saying. Uh, yeah, but they become a co-owner of the of the property okay, as well. So it's, shared ownership. it's a shared ownership scheme, and that would be uh, th- that would stimulate the local economies. Uh, there are other ideas. For example, we've got these um, houses that are derelict that are falling down because they're Grade One, Grade Two listed buildings. The government should turn around and say, okay, we're going to uh, put a, a moratorium on the very strict conditions regarding restoring and that would stimulate the local economy for local builders and tradesmen as Do you well. think people
0: are gaming the system? I mean, this has been an accusation by, uh, you know, heads of Dublin City Council, for example, mm-hmm. and other organisations. Do you, do you believe that people are gaming the system?
1: I think there are some people who definitely are taking advantage of it and I think that people in that category, you know, yes, there are some people doing that. I don't think there's a large number of people doing it, but I think, yes, there are certainly people taking advantage of it. Do you think
0: Ireland is a soft touch when it comes to... You know, social welfare, housing, benefits. Are we a soft are we a soft touch?
1: Um, I think we have a responsibility as a as a society to look after people who can't look after themselves, but there are people who are taking advantage of it. So mm-hmm. you know, it's a discussion. But we well we have a responsibility to protect taxpayers' money, don't we? We do. But We have to have a discussion on it without being labelled uh, racist or a divisive. You know, you just have to. All I'm saying is the political correctness that exists in Ireland today needs to be shaken up. There's, and we need to have a a frank, open discussion on these issues. Uh, Okay,
0: I suppose one of the big issues that's going to come up um, will be direct provision. Um,
1: What is your opinion of direct provision? Um, If people are here, we we have international obligations we've entered into and we have to, we have a responsibility to look at, to accept uh, our our because we're we've entered into these treaties we have to look after this uh, is the our, dublin convention the dublin convention and i believe that we have a responsibility to look after people a certain uh, our quota of people that we've agreed to that's what we've agreed to okay, we what
0: wh- who do we have an obligation to look after? Well, apart it, from those who, from europe uh, there's a free movement of people but i can in relation to the free movement of people, this was a big issue that came up in Brexit. Yeah. Uh, and I'll get on to the non-EU in a few minutes, right? But the a big issue, there, but this is the very reason Brexit happened, or is happening, or could happen, yep. right? Uh, we don't know yet, we won't know in October, alright? Yep. But this is the very reason, is because of the free movement of people, not just from outside Europe, but from within Europe as well, because there are a lot of unskilled people uh, within Europe who are moving from country to country, uh, claiming social welfare, claiming housing, whatever it happens to be, our benefits, right? Yep. And the British didn't like it, or the British people didn't like it, and that's why they voted against it. It's Clearly that was the objective, right? Yes. Because David Cameron tried to sort that out before they went to a referendum, couldn't. Now the EU are come back and saying, actually, maybe we can do that, which could have avoided a whole referendum situation in the first place. But anyway, do you believe that we could stop
1: the free movement of people? Or do you think people would want that? Um, I, look, we're a member of the European community. We have a responsibility to take people from Europe, skilled or unskilled, and if they're members of the EU. Is that a good thing? Uh, that's what we've signed up for. I didn't ask you uh, that. I didn't ask you Is it a good thing? <laughs> uh, we've signed up for it. And Can we, so, we handle it? Uh, well, Liechtenstein was able to opt out of the free movement of people because they, they felt that it was placing too big a burden well, on, should Leo, which I know he's not because he's
0: spineless, but should Leo go to Europe and say, you know, I'd like to talk about this? You know, Irish people are a
1: little bit concerned about the free movement of people. We definitely need to have a discussion on it. And you know, getting back to the direct provision, if people are here illegally, and okay, now we're now we're dealing with non-EU citizens, non-EU right? citizens. Yeah. If they're here illegally, uh, you know, it's wrong, and we're we've, there's six thousand people in direct provision. And the number is growing. And the number is growing. We, you know, obviously under the Dublin Convention, if they're genuine migrants, they should have been given asylum on their first port of entry. So the last time I checked, there wasn't any plane slaying from Syria to Ireland or from Africa to Ireland. You know, so well there are
0: from some places in Africa, but but not the places that we're seeing immigrants coming immigrants from. from.
1: Look, we have a responsibility on humanitarian grounds to look after people, and we've agreed we've agreed to do that, and we should do it. But we should do it properly. You know, this idea of put- putting people in. Uh, uh, i suppose you could holding center a holding center really. which is a prison without walls essentially it's just wrong it's not irish it's not the way it's like now you invite me over to your house for the weekend you say by the way you 're sleeping in the garage It just that's-
0: but that 's provided I invite you over if, well, you, <laughs> if you arrive over at my house unwelcome you know you 're going to get the door so <laughs> so essentially what you 're saying is we need to fast track the system we
1: need to fast track the system our borders are leaking like, like, uh, like, uh, they 're they're like a leaking bucket. you know people can just come in uh, through Stranro straight down to dublin there 's no checks at, at at port of entry there mm. should be a migration check to make sure that the person is legally entitled to come to Ireland and at the moment you know, how do you handle the problem? Well, we do have immigration policy as far as we, I remember. We're just not, we're just we're not enforcing it. And so, why, why
0: do you believe we're not enforcing this? I mean, we do have an immigration policy whereby if you wanted to come to Ireland you had to have a visa to work, okay? Correct. And our student visa well, many students mm-hmm. come here to study in Trinity every year for example I believe 80% of the student accommodation at the moment has been taken up by not by non-Irish citizens which is fine they're coming here to study they're putting money into the economy but in 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 relation to, you know, adults coming here and claiming asylum, this is a kind of new experience for us. So, I mean, are you saying that most of them are not genuine?
1: Uh, I I think we need to set up a a panel of judge, uh, a judge with two or three other people on it, have ten panels, and then just go through the... The five or six thousand but people, but is that not what they're doing already? Well, they're not—they're not enforcing it. You know, we're, we're giving people deportation orders, but we're not deporting them. So, you know, what's the point of having uh, giving? Well, orders? that's because
0: well, they, there's a raft of legal
1: people down there in the
0: courts making a fortune on appeal after appeal after, okay. appeal, after appeal after appeal, and people are here for fifteen years, ten years, yeah. appealing <clears throat> ten and twenty times. So, what do you do? You get one shot, one bite of the cherry. If you don't get it, you're, you're sent home on a plane. Or do you do you have somebody in Dublin Airport? Basically making sure people are bona fide and uh, mm-hmm. checking their papers, checking where they're coming from and, sa- exactly.
1: and making that decision there and then. That's exactly what you do. And if they're if their if their papers are not bona fide, then you put them back on a plane from whence they came. I mean, it's very simple. Right, so you so know. asylum
0: seekers come to Ireland, come into Dublin airport, or come into a port, whatever port yeah. happens to be, we basically up the amount of staff that we have there yeah. to deal with the situation. We check as much as we possibly can to yeah. find out their bona fide. If you figure, like some of those Australian programmes you've seen on TV, uh, that they're not uh, they're marched back out and the next, the next plane back to where they came they're, from. They're
1: giving a, pl- uh, exactly a ticket back to where they came. I mean, look, I welcome diversity. I encourage it. I think it's wonderful that we've got 200 different nationalities in, Iri- in Ireland at the moment. We can't afford to support the pensioners and the people that need our help. Uh, Because there's so many people that are here that don't. What do you say to the the lefties and the independents? You just said
0: you welcome diversity. Absolutely, and I accept that. Okay, but what do you say to the lefties and the liberals out there and the you know the some of the politicians that we're all very familiar with? Who will campaign to have as many people come into this country as possible who don't believe in borders for some strange reason and they think you're a racist for even suggesting that?
1: Look, I'm totally in favour of uh, diversity. I absolutely, we need skilled labour in Ireland. We need, on-skilled we need unskilled labour as well. Uh, and the European Union provides us with as many skilled and unskilled people as we possibly need actually probably more than we can handle but that's what we've signed up for so but it's the it's the people that are here illegally that are we have become known as a soft touch come here you'll be put up in an hotel or you know and they can't believe their luck <laughs> they're put in the hotel. free education, free, free, education healthcare, free healthcare, and money in your pocket and money in your pocket now my point is if they're genuine asylum seekers we should fast track it we should give them a passport we should say you're here you're an irish person we'll give you an irish welcome get a job and get a job and, and but at point of entry, you you believe we should ramp up at point of entry,
0: check bona fide, if they're not bona fide, Correct. as they would do in Australia, many other countries, exactly. back on the plane and sent home.
1: That's exactly what they do in but Australia. That
0: would mean a lot of people being sent home, because if we mm-hmm. look at the reports that have come out, on one particular person who sat on the panel going through people's files mm-hmm. there recently, I can't remember his name eludes me for the moment, but he was on, I think, the Joe Dovey show many years ago. He said out of the 500 cases he examined, he believed that only two of them were actually telling the truth. That the rest, you know, essentially, we believe, were economic migrants.
1: Uh, I wouldn't take that as, as fact, A bit. I think there is certainly a large, there's certainly a preponderance of people who would fall into that category. And I think we just need to, it's wrong to keep people penned up for years and uh, uh, where they can't, We either they're either genuine, they're entitled to Irish citizenship, in which case we give them a good, warm Irish welcome, give them a passport, or we give them a plane ticket back to the first port of entry. In relation to what
0: has happened recently, and we've seen a couple of fires in hotels that had been set aside for direct mm-hmm. provision, yeah. um, because mm-hmm. obviously locals in the area felt that maybe they'd been undermined as Irish people. You'll hear the cliche, Irish jobs for Irish people, look after the, our own first. What do, you, what do you say to those people?
1: Uh, you know, there's, there's a couple there's, of things By the way, let me, be clear. No. Let's condemn
0: anybody who sets anything on fire.
1: Absolutely, 100%. But it's... It, that's an example, though, of uh, uh, Minister Flanagan. You know, he basically turned around and said, 100 people go here, 100 people go there. He didn't even have the courtesy to ring up the local county council to let the council, the, the chief executive of the county council concerned, know that this was happening, that this was coming down. He's the person that I would hold to blame for it. And it's just well, well, okay, well, 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 obviously, you, you, need to have you, you hold interest. him to blame for the attitude
0: yeah. of people, but obviously not for what happened. But, but you believe because of the irresponsibility of... MEPs or the irresponsible of MPs or well, TDs or local councillors who are not informing residents that you be this has been sprung on residents, but it wouldn't make a difference
1: to their attitude because what they're doing is inherently wrong. Well, when you're, you're putting, for example, 100 people into a rural area, you need, uh, first of all, as long as they're genuine, genuine migrants from wherever they, they deserve our support. I would give them a passport, by the way, as I've said, because I do welcome diversity. But they have to be genuine. And if they are, then we're putting them up. We should put the infrastructure in place to support them. For example, you, you 100 people, you need at least another doctor, a dentist. You know, you have to provide for education. So you can't just stick 100 people into a small village? You can't, because it's it's just, without putting, you have to put the infrastructure in place to support it, or else you know, if you're going to do something now, you have to do it, or, or don't do it at all. Do it properly or not do it. So I mean, I think we're just being disingenuous. Okay, the other
0: issues that, of course, you, you mentioned in the past was broadband. Um, well, I mean broadband is killing parts of rural Ireland, or mm-hmm. well, the lack of broadband. The broadband plan um, has been a complete and utter mess. It's turning into the voting machines pl- uh, plan that we had many years ago and every other plan that we happened to come up with that goes that we based loads of money on. Uh, the children's hospital, all these other things. Uh, the broadband plan is a disaster. Why, why do you
1: believe it's been a disaster? Uh, politically, you know, Leo's got himself and the government have got themselves tied into committing, making commitments that they just cannot stand behind, which is why they announced it would be released before Easter, the, the winning, bid e-net and of course it's now been put off indefinitely it just doesn't make sense to put big cables and run them up halfway up a mountain to a farmer who doesn't want broadband in the first place so there needs to be a discussion and we need to have a discussion around I mean, obviously uh, I'm a, I think that if you look at around the world 5G is certainly uh, an option that we should have explored in much greater depth uh, and if you for example had Strong four G on yourself when you could have four or five bars on yourself when you'd still be able to pick up twenty meg on your on your mm. broadband, and that actually would be enough to let you. You know, operate your business. I mean, I started my business in Donegal 23 years ago, and we were the first company in Ireland to have uh, VOIP with breakouts, so my staff, the researchers in Donegal, could ring America free of charge. So well, you were ringing using the internet, was it? Using yeah. the internet. That yeah. was that was 23 years ago we, we did that, you know, and that was with 56k, and they were actually charging me 28,000. I, I remember 56k <laughs> well, I remember that noise. <laughs> <laughs> Do
0: you
1: remember that famous noise? Oh, by
0: the way, somebody's in and says, hi now, that that's not true, that it's appeal after appeal after appeal. Uh, well, by the way, I've had many asylum seekers on the air who've told me they've had two and three appeals. But anyway, uh, a new legislation was introduced in twenty seventeen to have a singular system appeal process. So the asylum seeker is interviewed. Uh, they either accepted or not. If they are accepted, they're given asylum status or obviously permission to stay or granted permission to stay. If not, they're entitled to appeal. Uh, if not, they are entitled to appeal. Well, that's what you're saying. They are entitled to appeal. There is only a waiting time of less than three months at the moment for appeal. If the appeal is affirmed, then a deportation order is issued but the asylum seekers uh, go to ground as they know uh, they won't qualify. If it is set aside, then again, uh, they get the asylum seeker seeker status. Uh, I'm curious about that, what you're saying here, because we've seen many high court cases uh, where people who have had appeal after appeal have then taken it to the higher courts. Uh, But anyway, I I work in the International Protection Appeals Tribunal for obvious reasons. I can't go on the air or give my name, uh, but it's not as bad as he's making it out to be. Uh, thanks for that. Uh Well, obviously you work in there and you don't believe it's as bad as you're make- it's made out to be. But, but look, even the point that you're making is they go to ground. And I think that's the point that Peter made that there is a lot of deportation orders being issued. We had one man in the studio only recently from the Congo who had a deportation order for eight years. He was still living with his partner who was also from uh, a non-EU citizen. They had two children. They got married to try and avoid being kicked out of the country. And they're here eight years and they're claiming social welfare and living in a council house. So... Uh, I don't know how that's actually even possible, but it clearly, clearly is because they were doing it. Um, so I think uh, I think the figure there last year, the year before, was eighty five percent of people with, a, with a deportation orders on them are never actually put out of the country. Mm-hmm. Which is quite, do, do we have any idea how many people are illegally in Ireland?
1: Uh, that's the thing; nobody really knows. <laughs> you know, it's a bit like
0: the figure. <laughs> I've heard figures of twenty thousand and of sixty thousand. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't actually know the figure. I don't know if there, there is a, an actual defined figure of people. But as she said herself, what happens is if they fail their appeal, they run to ground.
1: The, the other issue that I feel very strongly about now is in guard. Uh, there, we've been closing down guard stations. We need more guard in.
0: in, in the around. problem? Yeah, but no. Alan Chatter started this, right? Going back a while ago, so he started mm. closing down guard stations left, right, and centre. But there's a a recruitment uh, drive on at the moment. We're we're running ads here on the radio for Mm it. They can't get people to join.
1: Well, they need to pay them more. You know, I mean, pay them more money. I mean, obviously, the, the, it's, a, it's a demand supply. If you give the, the the guards are underpaid for starters, so you know, and the, the conditions and the hours are are challenging. And you know, you, you've well, if, got you, if
0: you look across Europe at what we're paying them, I mean, it's it's pretty much
1: on average. Well, it's obviously not enough because we're not getting the people that we need to get. So it's just a demand supply. You know, and you know, it's a tough job. I mean, I, I know uh, I have no doubt it is. I wouldn't know, do it. Well, you know, I mean, I. Uh, tragically, I mean, I was at a very bad accident there a couple of years ago, and the guards have to show up, and they, they, this is what they do. Oh, they do with very difficult very situations. Very difficult, ch- and I don't think we pay the guards enough. So, But up in Donegal, they've closed down the, the guard stations, you know, in Bridget and the they operate them part-time. Mm-hmm. You know, people are uh, afraid to go for a funeral, you know, to leave their house empty if they're going to a wedding or a funeral, you know. So, mm. it's, it's we need to have more guards. There's actually an interesting... Uh, Recently, I was listening. There's a, two. Uh, the guards were uh, superintendents were being charged for being. Um, there was a, an incident where they were getting paid for doing some security work, you know, uh, mm. outside of ours. That's right. But that's
0: that's exactly how
1: the. Well, so I remember from my
0: day. Uh, uh, I mean, guards yeah. were working as nightclub bouncers. Exactly, but, uh, you know, because they weren't earning enough money.
1: You know, in, in in America, that's that's exactly what the pl- the police do there. They make a uh, good income from, uh, private security the, companies. But no, 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 no. Like they, for example, that all the weddings at churches and Sundays, the guard, the police are there controlling mm. the traffic. They, they get a, a stipend from the church. Uh, you know, for funerals, you'll get the, the guards, uh, the police will go along mm. and, uh, will give you an escort. And they, that's all done. It's accepted that they get about, probably about a third of their income, uh, from, from private functions. From private functions. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Okay,
0: I, I'm, by the way, I just want to mention as well there are, you know, seven registered independent candidates in total in mm-hmm. your area. There's yourself, there's Luke McFlanagan. Um, there's Fidel Healy Ames there's James Miller uh, Dilip um, I can always I fail to pronounce her name properly Mahapatra I think it is uh, Diarmuid Mulcahy and Olive O'Connor uh, The Fied of Fall also has two candidates in there Anne Rabbit and Brendan Smith for Fine Gael Mairead McGuinness uh, will try to retain her seat while the former Rosa Tralee Maria Walsh will also run on behalf of the party Michael O'Dowd will fly the flag for Inua and Sinn Féin's Matt Carthy will also be running as well Is that good competition for you Peter?
1: I think so. I think it'll be a, a good,
0: healthy, robust... Do you think you're in with a shot, like? Well, I mean, you did get 300 and something thousand votes in the presidential election. Not enough to win, obviously, but you got a lot of second, second oh, preference votes. You know,
1: I, I mean, I think Matt has already announced that he wants to stand for the Dáil. Right, OK. Is that the goal? Do you, want, do you want Leo's job in the future? Uh, no, the goal now is to make a difference in Europe. And, you know, so I think I'm in with the... Yes, I'm going to work very hard to try and get my message across to the people in rural Ireland. And I think, you know, particularly there's so many American companies that I'll resonate with in Galway, for example, you know, because... And we need to encourage the American companies to come and invest in the west coast of Ireland. Uh, And pay taxes. And pay taxes. (laughs) All right.
0: By the way, if you want to, if you, I'm going to keep Peter here for about another 10 minutes after the break, all right? So if you want to ask him a question, if there's any question you want to ask him, particularly if you're from the Midwest, obviously, uh, because he will be representing you in Europe if he does get the gig. uh, And he makes a lot of money out of it as well, because it's a good salary, isn't it, Peter? Uh, So what I want to know is, mind you, nothing to what he probably has already. Uh, What I want to know is, if you want to ask Peter any questions, question at all, you're quite welcome to Texas us or WhatsApp said O eight seven one double eight Trouble08. That's O eight seven one double eight Trouble08. You can come on the air and ask him yourself, or just text the question to me and I'll try and put a tune for you. All right. So it's O eight seven one double eight Trouble08. In relation to the other candidates, by the way, we will offer obviously all those other candidates an opportunity to come on air at some point as well, uh, before uh, the twenty fourth of May, the other candidates in his specific area. Donald, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Donald? How you doing, Niall? Well. Good, good. Have you been watching Little House in the Prairie again?
2: I, Niall, my heart is broken. Do you know what's happening? to happen? And Mary is working in a, a blind school. You know Mary? She went blind. I do, yeah. She
0: went blind, yeah. When
2: she got married. She had a child. There's a fire. And
0: child is... Can't. Oh, no, God. you mean, how how's the man supposed to keep going with this crack? I know. You must be brokenhearted for Mary.
2: I don't know at all. I don't know. And, what, and, do you
0: want be... and the Ingalls all gathering and supporting her. And what about I mean? the Olsons? Are the Olsons...
2: T.G. Cameron want to be captain and trying to stop on during the middle of the day.
0: Right, but get it back to Peter Casey anyway. The real world. Yeah.
2: I well, have two questions you want to ask Peter. Good morning. I Donald. consider I I consider myself. Good morning, Peter. Where are you? Um, I consider myself an Irish nationalist, Peter. Right? Yep. No, I voted no. But to, to, I I feel that most of the liberals consider me homophobic, uh, a white supremacist. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and just because I'm a nationalist, just because I want to put Ireland first, I don't think Europe is is a democracy. I just don't. Yep. I, I fail to see how how. Um, Younger and the rest of them, I never elected them anyway. I never even, you know, yeah. I never elected them. So I, I failed to see how a democracy. So if you ask questions about Europe, if you ask questions about uh, immigration, you're a racist. And, I, and, and, and it needs to stop. And the media are not doing their job. Apart from 4 them and some local radio stations, the main media are not doing their job. This, you know, that's what I feel. And the other question I want to ask you is, where would you stand on pay for for the defence forces? Because I don't, I don't. Oh
1: yeah, I that's, that's, that's a big issue at the moment. Form.
0: Okay, a big issue at the moment, obviously yeah. Peter, is we can't get people to join the defence forces because yeah. the money's crap. Yeah, and and the wives of the defence forces. In fairness, the wives of the men in the defence forces have you know campaigned
1: for the last few years to increase the money. It's awful. It is. I mean, it, it, the navy. Yeah, we had, a, we had an instance there a couple of months ago where they couldn't get the ship, the sh- soldiers to to, to, to board to, to to staff the ship because they were out doing part time work. I mean, either you have a navy that's fit for purpose and you pay the people a, a decent, good living wage, or you just say, okay, we're not serious about having a navy. But you know, if you go we to have it, well, here's the thing: Do we yeah. need an army? Uh, Remembering, th- of yes. course, Donald was in yeah. the army, and that's not in yeah. soldiers No, no. So we, we, we need we, it? we definitely need an army, and I think it's it's a, actually it would be it's a great place for for young people to go and get trained and discipline and and mm. under you know. So I, I'm definitely think it's a great idea to have a, an army. The air force, I'm a little bit the Air Corps. Uh, we've got 27 fixed wing aircraft, and all well, we don't doing, need the
2: planes. We don't need
1: we, we do yeah. We need cho- exactly. That's yeah. what I've said, Donald. Uh, we don't yeah. we, we need for to, air, for air so. rescue for yeah. air rescue. Uh, get yeah. rid of the 27 planes that are training yeah. pilots yeah. for Ryanair well, 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 uh, you know <laughs> and, 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 uh, and get 12 air well, ambulances well, Realistically we're not going to go to war are we? We're, well, we're
0: using we're, planes
2: Well Niall a very interesting point on the planes now the Minister of Defence wouldn't admit it on television but the RAF
0: Provide claims for our airspace. That's, that's, and that's a fact. So, that's a, so, in other words, it's a complete and utter waste of money. Yeah. It's a complete and utter complete, waste of money.
1: Yeah. They, after 9 yeah. 11, Donald, you're quite right. After 9 yeah. 11, we subcontracted out our defense of the air, airspace to uh, the, the RAF, you know.
0: Yes. All right. Uh, okay. uh, well, get, getting back to the, Donald's other yeah. question, the very well, the the Donald's question, other question on was the,
1: on the yeah, nationalism. The yeah. nationalism.
0: He's, he says he can't even open his mouth or he's referred to as a, racism, a racist or a homophobe.
1: Uh, I mean, I'm obviously a very proud Irishman, Don't, and I've lived all around the world. And everywhere I go, I meet other people who are very proud to be Irish. So, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, I think our our nationalism has been slowly eroded by yes. the, the EU and by all this multitude of rules and regulations that they're yeah. imposing upon us. And, and just as an aside, for example, Don, I, I really think we should never have left the punt. If we would kept the punt, oh, I know. You know, we would have been able to actually control our own, have more influence so over we'd, our we'd own. We'd have less national debt. We'd have let, less national debt. Like for example, if we'd spent like drunken sailors, sorry, yeah. pardon the pun with the name of that, but, uh, you know, at the time, uh, the value of the punt would have gone down 20, 25 percent. The Mercedes and the, Be- the Beamers would have been 25 percent more. Yeah. We would have bought less of them yeah. and then it would have been 25 percent cheaper for people to come to Ireland for a nice yeah. holiday. And that would have then rectified the demand supply yeah. for the punt, you know. The point
2: I want to make on Brexit, and and I was just over Sunderland the weekend, okay? First of all, it was £2.30 a pint, which was great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And the second point I want to make is, I spoke to a lot, a lot of people over Sunderland, and they're sick to the teeth in Irish politicians telling them what to do. And telling them that they've created a problem just because they took a demographic vote.
1: Yeah. they're
2: really sick to the teeth of Irish politics, and especially Sinn Féin. They're really sick to the teeth of Sinn Féin telling them what to do. Oh. When you consider what their animals have done in Guildford and Birmingham and every place else,
1: oh exactly. And I mean, and the thing that they crawl in their uh, in the throat is the fact that they're actually paying the Sinn Feiners for not turning turn up. You know?
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> all I know about Sinn Féin is just beyond me. Because oh, no all right. oh, no. Right. Well, no.
0: Well, listen. I've loads of other people who have other questions as well. Thank you for that. But one of the questions here as well is: is Should the army, in relation to the army, be? Appealed? or be used to tackle rural crime. We've also heard recently that Tesco's, of course, are, bringing, are, are afraid to deliver into certain areas uh, of Dublin as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's becoming a huge problem. Taxi drivers won't go into certain areas of Dublin. Uh, you've got the bus services won't go into certain areas of Dublin after certain times. Uh, now when young individuals are getting, you know, uh, basically told they can't go out after nine o'clock at night. There's got a curfew. Do you agree with curfews with that?
1: Um, I mean, that's a very good idea there. When you've got an area you where know, you've got a lot the, of crime. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a sort of the point that we should have a discussion on. Should we use the army to uh, part-time, to to help tackle crime? Tackle crime? I, I don't see why not. I think it would be, uh, you know, it's not what they're going to be doing full-time, but it, definitely if there was uh, soldiers per, uh, uh, patrolling around, it would definitely uh, have an impact on on crime, and I don't okay. see why not. Stephen, you're on Classic Tino, Stephen.
2: Fine, and good afternoon, Peter.
1: Good afternoon, Stephen.
2: And It's good to hear you on the radio taking calls real from real people. I have a quick question for you. There's an article in the Business Post a couple of weeks ago about the Sinsane MEPs refusing to disclose their unvouched expenses, which I believe is just over four and a half thousand euro
1: a month. Oh, it's a great or, gig. <laughs> oh,
2: absolutely. Which is kind of ironic when one of them was actually demanding Michael D. disclose his. So my question to you, Peter, is that if elected as an MEP, and I do hope that you are, will you will you fully disclose all the unvoused expenses?
1: One hundred percent. One hundred percent. There'll be on my website. You'll be able to log on and see exactly how many Expensive dinners. I'm going for. <laughs> and how much can you spend?
0: Is is there an what's what's the allowance? Or what as an MEP? What, what I mean, okay, you get you obviously get a salary. Yeah. Okay. What, what is it? What exactly? What is the salary? Uh,
1: 120 grand a year. It's about 118, I think it is. But then okay. you get uh, you get so much per day when you turn up. So you get so just day, for turning up. Just, you just get, for turning up, you, you get, get a few quid. A, you get I think it's 400. An eighty or something, but the big per one, day, yeah, for turning up, for turning up. <laughs> um, right, okay. So that's bi- unvouched. That's uh, unvouched, and then the big one, of course, is um the you get a monthly allowance for staff, and then if you go on, so com- like a communications officer, P.R., mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it is, correct. Uh, and then if you go on a committee, you get so Jeez, is a good gig, you, isn't you it? You get you get more if you're on a committee. You say, you want to run, Stephen? I'll back you. <laughs>
2: oh, well, well, I wouldn't mind being Peter alternative if he hasn't picked one yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, but I, I think Peter's asked the question. He has no problem whatsoever, you know, obviously um, showing where his expenses are spent and how they're spent, or a breakdown of that, if that's what you want.
2: Well, that's excellent. I know he did release it for the presidential campaign mm-hmm. as well. I think all of them do. I think it's hypocritical for some to be insane not to disclose it. So I, I appreciate Peter's straight answer on it, and I wish him best of luck.
0: Thanks, All right. Stephen. All right, thanks, Stephen. Uh, somebody else is as well. Uh, text here on WhatsApp. Hi, now, can you ask Peter about truck drivers, the backbone of the country, who got nothing off Europe or our country since 2017?
1: Do, do you know, I, it's interesting. I was talking to uh, the... Um, the trucker the haulage Road haulage uh, Association recently, and they were explaining to me that trucks coming from Donegal, for example have to pay a, a fee going through the north a tariff yeah the tariff you know and that 's just wrong i didn 't even know that yeah i, well, I didn 't until I started you know my examination of it and I mean, it, 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 it's a... But well, the cost
0: of diesel has affected their business greatly as greatly well. as well. and if which, they don't is, which is, by the way, carbon tax, VAT, imp- uh, excise duty, all these mm. things. That's all costing a huge amount of money.
1: Absolutely. And if they don't, they have to pay this uh, tax going through using the A5, which, mm-hmm. by the way, the A5 is still under construction, so it's not saving them much time. But the alternative is to drive down through Sligo and across, you know. That okay, way. so what what can be done to it? The government, the government should just pay, they should pay that. If They should negotiate with the the British government and say, we want that. Okay. You know, All right, okay, so abolish that.
0: Okay, uh, Robbie, you're on Classic case. Just very quickly, Robbie, because I'm running out of time. But go ahead, Robbie. <laughs>
1: Hi, just a quick one
0: there on Carbon Tax. I'd just like to know what Peter's stance on uh, climate change, if he became an MEP, and what his attitude to a European army would be.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm totally opposed to a European army. You know, I think that yeah. that would just uh, really be a... I think you'll find that France has got 400,000 soldiers. Germany has got, I think it's 75,000. Uh, you know, Ireland has got, or what, 11,500. So I think not it's not be, even that. I think, I think,
0: think it's only 7,000.
1: No, it must be including the army oh, in the day. 80, in the okay, right, okay. But, yeah. you know, I, I'm totally opposed to that. Um, I, with regards to carbon tax, you know, I, I think that uh, it's just another tax that the government is using... To levy money, I don't think they're really serious about the environment with it. So, would, yeah, but what about you? Would you be serious about the environment? I, I absolutely. I think uh, you know the sad story there about the whale that was washed up with ninety five pounds of plastics in his stomach yeah, the other day. You know? yeah. I mean, we that is that is we. We are able to influence the world by by just making gestures. For example, putting tax on plastic bags originally, you know. And I single think single use plastics, which was single, else. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And single use plastics, we should announce that we're going to abolish or have a plan to have them abolished within within five yeah. or ten years, whichever is realistic. Biodegradable
2: instead of plastic. And biodegradable,
1: okay. exactly. You know, I mean, we've got Coca Cola here. Uh, we could use our influence to get Coca Cola to either go back to glass or to, to go and yeah. biodegradable. the So my
0: point is, you wouldn't have a you wouldn't have a problem tackling the the. Big corporations in relation to
1: climate change. Absolutely not. No, I I deal with the big corporations currently. That's why I asked no, absolutely none whatsoever.
0: And what about the other big corporations? Sorry, I've gone completely off the subject, of Robbie, but social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they've come under a lot of fire lately, getting away with absolutely murder.
1: They deserve yeah. to come under a lot of fire. You know, they, right, right. they, they, they should be held accountable. And uh, the social bullying, you know, that goes on, social media bullying, it's just so wrong. And it's so, it would be very easy to abolish it. What you've got to do is get all the, the social media companies in a room, say, well, here's, boys, you've got to come up with a solution to this uh, bullying, and if you don't, we'll we'll charge you. We'll fine you. You know, ten million <laughs> a month, and then after three months, we'll double it to twenty, and then double it to fifty, and they'll they'll soon come up with a solution to it. They really will. Peter, just very quickly, the divorce referendum.
0: They want to reduce they it from four to the previous five that, years. To do, well, what they're yeah. going to have to do because it's constitutional, yeah. they'll have to repeal it completely, yeah. and then bring in legislation for the two years. Personally, I believe there should be no waiting period. That's just my own personal view. What
1: do you think? I think two years is, you know, especially if there's children involved, it gives people time to work through the problems and the challenges. Sure, it takes so, a year anyway to get through all the legal ramifications yeah, either okay. way. I, I think five years is too long, so I would be pro- voting for the two years. Okay, so you would vote yes to that, to change it. I, thi- I think, I mean, it's okay. very sad, but it's, it's, it is yeah, well, what it is. I think so. divorce is a fact of life sometimes for some people. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Michael, you're on Classic Kids. How do you doing, Michael?
1: Hello, Niall. How are you?
0: Good. You, you want to ask Peter a question? Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yes, please. Good afternoon, Peter. How are you? Good afternoon, How are you? Good afternoon Michael.
2: uh, Peter, what is your viewpoint on uh, people with disabilities and also um, what would you do if you were elected to the EU Parliament regarding real work uh, opportunities for people with disabilities and also providing education, re-education?
1: Universities, colleges,
2: etc. Oh, okay, so so, so right.
0: providing opportunities for people with disabilities in Ireland, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: so work, work at education, yeah. yeah, yeah. Michael, you know, I think it's it's acknowledged that we fail miserably. You know, we're one of the worst in Europe at providing yeah, agree, opportunities. Yeah. You know, for people with disabilities, and so I think you know, what can you do as an MEP? You can actually, you've got a platform to serve. Expand and explain what we need to do, and bring attention to it, and shame, name yeah. and shame the, the the TDs here in Ireland who can actually can yeah. and should be doing something about it. You know, I think that's one thing you can do. Uh, the system yeah. is. As you know, widely abused, and some disabilities are you know, not being able to read or write. Technically, I don't. It's classed as a disability. About,
2: but many do, many do, Peter. Like many, many, many um, people, with disabilities have skills and are, are educated. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely, it. I think Absolutely. the point that
0: Peter's making yeah. is that there are many people in this country genuinely disabled but there are obviously people who are abusing the system and if that mm. abuse wasn't there, well, I, th- I think what he believes is there would be more money to support people with genuine mm. disabilities. Yeah. Right.
2: yes. Well, I have a disability myself, but I look for work, but I find it very hard to find uh, employment myself, you know?
1: Yeah. Hmm. I mean, in America what they do, uh, Michael, is they give incentives to employers, uh, you know. It's so incredible they, over they, there. Actually. They, uh, yeah, to, so, I mean, I noticed it when I was over there in Walmart, you
0: yeah. know, you've got a guy going around the car park collecting the trolleys in an electric wheelchair. That's yeah. like not something you would see over here so they have those opportunities it's almost like they they encourage people with disabilities to get out yeah. there and be part of society well they paid
1: yeah. half this uh, I, heard, I i had a, a, a assistant working for me a young guy and he was on a wheelchair and yeah. uh, georgia picked up half the you know the, a fair chunk of his wages mm.
2: yeah. yeah well i have a bit of good news i know a few people now with disabilities who have jobs like you know mm-hmm. even even within hse and other employments as well But and that's great yeah yeah you know
0: All right, well, listen, thanks very much for that, Michael. All right, I hope that answered your question. Somebody else wants to know, why did you apologise for your stance in relation to travellers during the presidential election? Did you, you apologise, because I didn't hear the apology. I certainly did
1: not. Uh, no. So you still uh, feel the same
0: way in I, relation I, so to
1: travellers being an ethnic minority. They're, they're not an ethnic minority. I, I think it's wrong to discriminate against any race, whether it's a person's race or religion or sexual preference. It's wrong. Discrimination is totally wrong. But I don't believe that A, they're an ethnic race, a uh, different ethnic race, and B, they should be so given... So you still stand by that? One, but I'd even go further. I think it should be repealed. You know, they shouldn't be given the... the
0: so they the should take, you should take that status away from them. Again. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, a lot of people might not agree with that. Also, in relation to you you mentioned sexual orientation as well there a few minutes ago, and gender, I suppose, comes into that. One of the big questions at the moment is transgender rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have an opinion on trans, are the rights of transgender? Is now, Ireland, of course, is the first country to allow transgender people to self identify. Um, do you believe that's a good thing? Do we do- Is it okay for children to identify as um, two genders? You know,
1: I, I absolutely would be supportive of tran- transgender people uh having absolutely equal rights to not, to to straight people, but i think it's children need to be protected so i would put an age limit of 18 before people can make a decision on whether to it's it's, it's a, obviously a major life-changing decision uh, if you feel you're in the wrong you know so i just it's so challenging the wrong gender, it's yeah. it's so it's such a tough tough uh, Position uh, to be in. All
0: right. Well, look, Peter, uh, I wish you well. Uh, You're up for stif- some stiff competition there, uh, but you never know. Uh, you could be successful. Peter Casey, uh, good luck to you. And but don't, don't forget, by the way, there are many other candidates who you can vote for there as well. I mentioned them already. Uh, you've got Luke McFlanagan, Fidelma Healy, Ames, James Miller, uh, Gila Pamapatra, uh, Dermot Mulcahy, Olive O'Connor, and Rabbit, Brendan Smith, uh, Mairead McGuinness, uh, and the Rosary Maria Walsh will also be running. Uh, Michael O'Dowd on behalf of Renewal, and Sinn Fein's Matt McCarthy also running in the the same uh, region so you can give them all a vote if you want to. <laughs> Peter is looking for your vote anyway alright Peter best of luck and I'm sure we'll be talking to you again soon real people real opinions real talk radio the multi award winning Nile Boylan show
2: classic hit